0: If you're here for the first, second, or third time, you don't need to drop that anything in, uh, but you were handed a Get Connected card as you walked in. Go ahead, and fill that out, and then as soon as you get outside, drop that off at our info table. We've got a gift, just our little way of saying thanks so much for joining us today uh, and being part of our Mountain View Sunnyside family. So today we're finishing a series called Things Jesus Loves. Uh, if you're a Christian, this is great, because it's like an insider view uh, of what we get excited about, and it's five different ways for us to dive into a relationship with God, maybe in a fresh way uh, this year. We talked about prayer, we talked about worship, We talked about the church, kind of who we are, why we exist, and also a mission about reaching toward people, uh, living for the sake of people who don't yet know Jesus. And today, uh, we're finishing it to talk about the Bible. If you're here and you're not a Christian, it's been great for these last five weeks because they give us an understanding of kind of who we are and what we're really about as Christians. It gives you like a behind-the-bio or a behind-the-scenes book of what it is to follow Jesus. And with the Bible, uh, the first thing that we want to do, we're going to be in, I forgot this first service, so I'll forget again this time. Uh, re- toward the front in row F, uh, there's mugs with a bunch of pens. You're going to need a pen by the end of this. Uh, and there are also some bulletins on this side. If you didn't get a bulletin, you can. this is like your free time. You can stand up, you can come down, uh, grab a pen, because you'll need it by the end. If you don't want a pen, you don't want paper, and you have a cell phone, uh, you can write this stuff on your phone that we're going to talk about. It's uh, You don't have to do. Uh, have to have a pen. You can do it all on your phone, uh, because we're going to do some interactive stuff today. If you don't like just sitting here and sitting still portion of church, today is going to be more interactive, and you're going to love it. It's absolutely perfect for you, and I'm really glad you're here, because you're awesome. Uh, but today, we're talking about the Bible, and what the Bible is, uh, is more than anything, the Bible is the book that God wrote. Uh, it's something that he had his hand in from the very beginning, and across three continents, across 1,500 years, across 40 different authors, writing in three different languages, God 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 uses the Bible to communicate one massive story. And it's the Bible in God's language. It's God's story in God's words. And that's the fact that, boiling it down to three things, God absolutely loves people. From the very beginning, God loves people. And he loves them with an accurate understanding about who we are and who he is, which means that he understands that within us, and this is also all throughout the Bible, we have the tendency to run away from that love every way we can possibly imagine. So God loves us. We run away from that love. That's on every page of the Bible. And what's also on every page of the Bible is the fact that God chases after us. God loves us. We run. God runs after us. He does that perfectly in the person and in the life and in the death and in the resurrection of Jesus. So those three things wrap up the story of the Bible. And the Bible is the book that God wrote in God's language. It's God's language. just means that sometimes we'll hear the language and like, that's not how I would say that. That's not how I would live. But it's God who's writing, and so we've got a choice. How do we respond to God's language, to God's word, to God's book? We got a commercial to uh, to illustrate that right now. Oh, look at this guy. Hey, Rachel, how are you? Hey, good. How are you? He's not getting that car in there. No sir. Look at these two troublemakers. Hey, Johnny, how are you? Wicked car, is that new? Yeah, it's a Sonata. Let me pack it. Oh, you're not fitting your car in there. Chris, stop being a smarty pants. All right? Mm-hmm. Look who's got Smart Pack. Smart Pack? Just hit the clicker, car packs itself. It's smart. It's Wicked Smart. And I can pack it anywhere. How about Dorchester? Packed it. Foxboro? Packed it. The Garden? Packed it. Zagas? Packed it. Swampscot? Revere? The Harbor? Are you kidding me? I packed it and then unpacked it. You unpacked it? Kid. Game changer. That Sonata ain't got no driver. That's all right, he's got SmartPak. Hey, look at him back there. He's got SmartPak. Hey, whoa, whoa, it's Big Bobby. Look at Smart. This is a ghost car. Sorry about that, your bigness. Did you guys know he lived there? I had no idea. <laughs> That's not how we talk, but it, it's how they talk in Boston. And so we can look at that and say, that's not how I would do it, but it's the way that they do it. And with the Bible is we're constantly encouraged, constantly directed that we're going to read this if you read it and you're going to be pushed to live, pushed to, to see life the way that God sees it. Because the Bible is the book that God wrote. And every single page reminds us of the fact that he loves us, that we run from that love and that he runs after us. So the Bible is the book that God wrote. Secondly... We're in Hebrews 4.12, if you didn't catch that already uh, or see it on the paper or see it on the screen. Uh, Secondly, the Bible shows us how God changes lives. So Hebrews 4.12, it says, For the word of God is alive and powerful. Because the Bible is alive, because it's not just a manuscript, because it's not just dead words and ink and letters and stories, because it's alive, it has the ability, it has the authority, because it's God's word, because it's the book that God wrote, to change our lives. That it encounters us, it dives into where we are, and doesn't just say, okay, I'm going to let them do life the way that they do it. But instead, it pushes us, it pulls us, it changes lives for us. That's one of the things that we get to see all throughout the Bible, is story upon story upon story, upon life, upon life, upon life of the way that God reaches into people, imperfect people. People have more issues than we do and changes them and uses them to change so many things around them because the Bible is alive and powerful and it shows us how God changes lives. That's one of the things that I love about about being a pastor and getting to preach the Bible is because we get to see story after story after story of God working, doing perfect work through imperfect people. And one of the reasons that gives us hope as you and I decide maybe today that you're going to take a risk, you're going to read the Bible in a different way, you're going to read it more this year than you did last year, or maybe ever any other day in your life, is that we're going to be encountered with lives that change. It's not just we wake up and do the same thing every single day. We wake up and we wake up with a God who has the potential to completely change everything about us. That reminds me of another commercial from last Sunday. Media team, let's roll tape. and shine it's groundhog day and don't oh, forget no. your booties because it's cold there oh, no. today! bill hey bill no not you it's me man ryerson okay little fella good job that's different good job hey he got the groundhog <laughs> Freeze to death. Who cares? See you tomorrow. Let them your hands too long. I don't Safety 1st he got the horn, Bill! It's not personal. It's just a game. Not a bad day, huh? I don't know where we parked. I was following you. You know, the Bible is story upon story about ways that say, man, life doesn't have to be the same as it was last week. It doesn't have to be the same as it was last year. The addiction that you've battled up until now doesn't have to stay your addiction. The freedom that's been elusive so far, the freedom that you're running after the way that you don't want your problems from yesterday to wake you up tomorrow at 6 a.m. at the same point of the song every single time, doesn't have to stay that way because the Bible is the book that God wrote. It's the power of God in word form that that awakens us to the fact that lives can change because God changes lives. It's not just information, it's life transformation because it identifies us and it brings us back to the fact that God loves us. And you know the three points we talked about earlier, God loves us, it's in every page. And also in every page is that we run from that love and that as Jesus chases after us, He begins to show us the ways where he can renew our lives, where he can give us a new life. You know, God's word starts that process of a new life, and then baptism confirms it. Here, we're going to do baptisms on the second Sunday of every month. Uh, And and you're like, well, hey, this is the second Sunday. What's going on? Ken, where's the tank? Uh, I'm waiting for next month. You know, if you're here, you're out of junior high, you're following Jesus, I would love for you to get baptized this year at Mountain View Sunnyside. Uh, What that is, is it's your public declaration, public announcement to the church that what Jesus did in the Bible, what Jesus does in lives in the Bible, how he identifies with us in his death on the cross for our sins, we're identifying with that through baptism. We're saying that as Jesus has been raised to new life, we are also raised to new life uh, because of Jesus' love for us demonstrated in the church and also demonstrated through us. So if you're here, you're out of junior high, you're following Jesus, if you wanna get baptized on March 8th, uh, you can talk to me or talk to anyone at the info table on your way out and we'll get you locked and loaded and prepped for that. So that sounds really easy so far, right? The Bible is the book that God wrote. You read it, and it's going to change everything. Uh, But it's not always that easy because God gave all of us the ability to choose, the ability to say yes, the ability to say no, the ability to say, you know, I know it says there, but I'm not going to do that uh, because my life is different. And what the Bible does in that is the Bible confronts our motives and shows us what's going on inside of us. So the verse it continues, For the Word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. You know, one thing that we're gonna see as you and I read the Bible is that we are more broken, we are farther from God, we are more sinful, we are more depraved, our motives are worse, we are more toxic than we could ever imagine on our own. But we're also more loved. We're also more encouraged. We're also more accepted where we are and then pushed to see life transformation happen through us. We're all those things more than we ever could imagine. The Bible nails it perfectly between it's the tool of God to show us how far from God we really are and then also to accept us and love us in that and to pull us into being the men and women that God created us to be. It sees us perfectly through every filter and every facade and every way that we can prop up a fake life that one day we want and sees right through that to say, I love you where you are now. Let me take you and let me make you more like me. That's what God says as he reaches into our lives Past all of our fakeness to grab the real us. That's the part that I love about reading the Bible, about being encouraged, being encountered by God. Is He doesn't see the real? He doesn't see the? He doesn't see the fake me that I put up that I want everybody else to see. He says, "I, I love you enough to see past all of that. See past all of your fakeness and catch you where you are." We got another commercial. Let's go. Hey, on, hey, what does home mean to me? my sanctuary. It's the one place oh, I can let my guard down. It's where I can just kick back and be totally comfortable in my own skin. You know what I'm saying? Rocket Mortgage understands that home is where I can be myself. And that feels pretty darn good. Oh. Take it, take it, take it, take, take it, take it! Okay, all right. Good job. <laughs> it was a lot of fun being his body double for that. I just want to say, like, that that was probably the highlight of my week. But, you know, it, it's, a, it's a great visual of, of how God loves us. He's not surprised by anything. He's not like baffled when all of a sudden our fake biceps get ripped off and and that's what's there. And it demonstrates the the Bible, the way that it speaks to us, the way that it challenges us, the way that it exposes our weakness, our inability to bench press the bar. And, And it says, I love you where you are now. Let me transform your life. Let me change you. Let me introduce new things into you to show you the you that I created you to be. And there's things like that constantly in the Bible, especially if you read the things that Jesus challenges us to. Jesus is God with skin on sin in the world to bring us to God. And he said all sorts of godly things that when you zoom them in, when you paste them over our lives, it's impossible to live this way because it exposes our need for God. He says, "Don't." if you ever look at another person with lust, you've already created, you've already committed adultery with them in your heart. He says, pray for your enemies. Don't hate them, love them. Okay, so, so far, we're 0 for 2. All right, he says, Pray for your political leaders. Maybe we're 0 for 3. Okay, it says, Forgive everyone just as I've forgiven you. Okay, now we're 0 for 4. Like our ability to live the life that God tells us to live very clearly says, This is how you should do things. Like we fall flat on our face, and what that does is the Bible is exposing the fact that we actually need a Savior, that we need God, that we need His work in us and through us to change us, to challenge us, to push us. And it comes down to belief. It comes down to belief. Like, What do we expect this book is actually going to do? Hebrews, the book, that, the, the verse that we're slowly walking through, that that's uh, encased. And it's written to a group of people to answer two questions. One, is this new way of life actually going to work? Is this life of following Jesus as God with skin on who came to pay for the sin of the world, to make us right with God, is this actually going to work? Is this going to change anything about me? And so the first half of the book begins to explain that and say, yes, it's going to work. That, that God, as he moves in us, as he forgives us of our sin, as we are filled with the Holy Spirit and then sent out to live new lives, yes, that's going to work. And the second question is, is this actually going to be worth it? The Bible answers both of those perfectly. It works and it's, and it's worth it because it pulls us away from our own broken life, broken way of doing things and introduces us into a life with Jesus. I was out talk, uh, working before, before the message. Just going over my notes and stuff. And a guy who I knew drove in, uh, drove into church. We were talking for a while, and he's saying, "Man, I, I'm in a difficult spot in life. I want to make a U-turn on some things. I'm going to get some stuff right." And what he said right there, like, that's that's the life condition of every single Christian in the world, all right? If you're here, you're not a Christian, you think that once you become a Christian, everything's going to be perfect? No, it's one, until we die, U-turn process of us turning our lives away from our old lives, away from the things that we, in our own sinful nature, want to run things, and for the rest of our lives, turning those back to the way that God wants us to live. Because the Bible confronts our motives, the Holy Spirit confronts our motives and shows us in a good way, in a God wants to help us weigh what's going on inside of us. It doesn't do it so we realize how broken we are and how far away from God and how bad we should feel. It does it because God is a good God, a good parent who wants to help us with what's broken. I look at my own life, um, if you didn't know, we own uh, four acres that's two miles east of here at the can- corner of Kings Canyon and Bergen. Someday we're going to move in there. I'm not going to give a date because every date that I've given has been wrong. Uh, so hopefully we'll be in there by Thanksgiving, uh, and maybe I'll be off by like eight months. Okay, so we'll just wink, wink, agree on that. Um, but but uh, there's some stuff going on, and I can feel myself going back to where I spent so much of last year, angry and impatient. And none of those things are treated well in the Bible. In fact, Jesus says the opposite. He said that from you, uh, that out of you should throw liver, rivers of living water. That means good stuff. That means life. A guy who used to hate Christians until the day he became one and understood what it is to follow, Jesus says that the Holy Spirit is going to produce fruit in us. That means it's going to grow in us out of all of us. It's not a gift where some people have. It's fruit where it grows out of all of us. And part of the fruit that grows in us is love, is joy, is peace, and patience. So I look at my old life of impatience and anger and saying that Jesus wants to grow in me peace and patience. I'm like, man, that is a life that I want to step into. That's more of what I want Jesus to do in me. And Friday morning, I was with my shape group. Uh, It's a guy group. We meet 6 a.m. on Friday mornings at the Starbucks here at Kings Canyon and uh, Clovis. And we're reading a story about a guy who some things go wrong in his life. And all of a sudden, all of his secrets are totally exposed. And everybody sees exactly who he is on the outside, like who he is on the inside. That part's brought to the outside. And I'm telling my group, man, I don't want to live in anger and impatience anymore, even around this issue where I have seriously no control with the building. I want to live in patience, and I want to live in peace. You know what God says that he's going to push through me, what's going to come out of me? I want to live in God's presence. I don't want to live in my own toxicity that I spread onto other people. I want to live in God's holiness as rivers of living water flow through me like Jesus says. That's what I want to live in. And the Bible does a great job of, you know, mixing... And matching the the balance between I'm more broken, I'm farther from God, I'm darker than I ever would imagine, and I'm also more loved, more accepted, more valued, more transformable in God than I ever could imagine. The Bible confronts those two things perfectly. So how do we allow this? How do we dig into this? How do we let that become part of us today? And there are three assignments that I want to give you, three opportunities for you to step into this. The first thing, we talked about it a little bit, uh, is doing a shape journal this year. So that's our church's Bible reading and journaling plan, uh, where for the whole year, we all read the same verses, whether you're reading it at home, uh, in Sanger, whether you're reading it at at work, in Fresno, wherever you are, you open it up, you're reading the same thing as everybody else. Whether it's morning, whether it's night, each day we're reading the same thing. And then we about how these words from thousands of years ago impact us today and the ways that that wants to intersect our life and push us to make changes. If you're thinking, man, I'd love to get started on that, at the info table today, we've got some shape journal starter kits. It's five pages or five days for you to work through. So you're not like saying, okay, for the next 40 days, I'm going to nail this. No, it's five days. And you can go through it at your own pace. I encourage you to do it every day. Uh, but I know that sometimes that doesn't happen for everybody. So take five days. And for one once a day, just read the passage. Uh, you can do it in your Bible. Or if you don't have a Bible, but you have a phone, and you want a Bible that lives on your phone, uh, search you Version, Y-O-U version. Uh, and that's a downloadable Bible that, that I use when I don't have my paper and ink with me. Uh, but we're asking God to speak through us from that. And after the five days, you bring that thing in, bring it back all filled out. We'll give you another shaped journal for free that then you can go through at your own pace. And it's got the readings that we're all doing as a church. You can follow that along um, as we go through the Bible together. That's one thing. I want you to start doing your shape journal. I'm encouraging you to do that. Second way to apply this is to start praying scriptures. So we're telling God as we pray scriptures. That means you read a little bit and then you turn it around and you pray it back to God. You take what God is saying, what people are saying to God, and you identify, like, paste that onto your own life. So we're telling God what he told us to tell him as we pray scriptures. He already wrote the book. We're praying it back to him. And I encourage you, if you already do shape, if you're already in a habit of reading the Bible, make this part of your prayer life where you're praying the scriptures. What that does is it takes your control out of what you pray because God already wrote it down, God already made the plan. And now you're saying, okay, God, I'm going to adapt my prayers to your plan. And it stretches us and it brings us into praying for new things in new ways. So do your shape, pray scriptures. Third thing is try to memorize scripture this year. Set a goal of what you want to have. Pick some verses that you want to memorize and decide this year, I'm going to memorize these scriptures. So for the past few years, I've done a horrible job at this. uh, But for the past few years, I wanted to memorize Romans chapter 5. And it starts out, it says, Therefore, since we have been made right with God by faith in Jesus, we have peace with God because of what Jesus has done for us. Because of our faith... That's all I got. But it's only February, so it's okay. I got nine and a half months to get to the rest of the chapter. And uh, and by then, hopefully, I'll be able to look at my face in the mirror, late December, uh, in the bathroom at church because our building, not just here, uh, and recite all of Romans 5. That'll be great. Uh, with the bathrooms, the plumbing is already done, and so there's little white posts like coming up from the ground where toilets will be. And so if you drive by there and you look in, like that's one day where our restrooms will be, and that's gonna be really exciting. Soon there will be walls and toilets on top of them, and we'll be there. It'll be awesome. So the Bible shows us how God changes lives. The Bible confronts our motives and shows us what's going inside of us. Uh, lastly, so how does this happen, is uh, the Bible reminds us page after page that we're dearly loved children of God. Uh, the Bible reminds us page after page that we're dearly loved children of God. Hebrews 4.12, it ends like this. This is the Bible exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. That doesn't sound like fun. The Bible exposes our innermost thoughts and desires, but we, when we look at that through the lens of who's saying it or who it's being said about, it's being said about God. God refers to himself as a good shepherd. That means he's going to lead us into what's right. He's going to correct what's wrong in a perfect, loving way. He's absolutely perfect. He makes that clear about himself. And he says also that he describes himself as a father. So you think of your dad, however he was, however he interacted in your life, but you make that an absolute perfect dad. That's, the, that's God who's working in us to lead us into what's right. It's exposure. It's, it's more about assessment than it is about judgment because it's a shepherd and not a butcher. And so we read the Bible and it's, we're going to be reminded time after time, page after page, story after story, the fact that as we sit there, as we read it, in whatever situation we are, that we're loved by God. Like you read it and God's not gonna be saying, man, I wish you would read this next week when this part of your life is better. I wish you would have read this last week, you know, before you did that thing that you did. God reads, it. God reads us as we read it and he's reminding us, man, you are loved, you are valued, you are honored. And the way that that means, makes a difference, the reason that that's important is because there are so many things in our lives that challenge us to forget that. So many things in our lives that said you're not loved. So many things in our lives that say that because we have lived this way, that God is now going to treat us this way. And what the Bible does is reminds us that's not true. We got one more commercial media team. Let's go ahead and roll tape. Hey, Google, show me photos of me and Loretta. (laughs) Remember, Loretta hated my mustache. (laughs) Remember, Loretta loved going to Alaska and scallops. Show me photos from our anniversary. Remember, she always snorted when she laughed. play our favorite movie Remember I'm the luckiest man in the world know, that's the message of God for us today, is that we're bought with a price. We're God's workmanship. We're sons and daughters of the King. We're not a regret. We're not a mistake. We're not a, we should have done this differently. We're not forgotten. We're loved. And the Bible reminds us that page after page, as we open our lives, we open our hearts to that, and then God has an opportunity to move in and to show us who he is. So how we're going to close today is we're actually going to do that. Uh, On your paper, if you flip over the outline, uh, it's got a scripture at the top and it's got a bunch of blank lines. We're actually gonna do our shape journal today. If you didn't grab a paper, don't worry at all uh, because chances are you have a phone uh, and the verse is gonna pop up there and we're gonna do our shape. So the S stands for scripture. We're gonna take care of that part for you. Uh, So this is from our reading today. It's Psalm 40, verse 16. Uh, It'll pop up on the screen in just a little bit. Uh, And the first part says S, uh, shape is an acronym. So SH stands for hearing from God. So we're going to read this. And the question for all of us is, what is God trying to say to me today through this verse? So the verse, it says, may all who search for you be filled with joy and gladness in you. May those who love the Lord repeatedly shout, the Lord is great. So we're going to take one minute and write out as if God's speaking to you so you can write it in second person where instead of your name it's just you God is talking to you because God loves you he knows you're here and he wants to speak to you you can write it on your paper or you can type it in your phone we're going to take one minute and we'll do that right now and then I'll lead us in the next thing